All right. You want let's do this podcast before we get off track even more. So it's 826. All right. I'm recording, so we're good. What's up? Fuck. What's oh, up, after everybody? All that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to bed, guys. Good night. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Base Hitball 4. My name is Glenn Daenerys, alongside, as always, Alex Cashman, Scott Roswell, Tyler Blumenstick. We are another week into our division preview. Last week, we previewed the NL West. It was a consensus that we thought it would be Dodgers 1, Padres 2, and then... The other three will do what the other three decide to do. We all decide that they're all kind of rebuilding. But now we will move on to the NL Central. And guys, I don't know if you guys agree with me. This is the least interesting division in baseball for for, for a few reasons. Last year, actually, four of the five teams made the playoffs, which is kind of kind of shocking. But it was an expanded playoffs. And... You know, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Brewers, and the um, Pirates, the Reds, the Reds oh, made the playoffs. The Pirates, Tyler, did I not. I thought you were naming the all the teams. I was looking at the division. <laughs> I saw Pirates. I said Pirates, whatever. So I don't think any of them won the wildcard series, though. I think they all got bounced. The Cubs got bounced by the Marlins. The yes. Reds got bounced by the Braves. The, the Reds Brewers didn't score got bounced run. by the Dodgers, and then who did I miss after that? Who did I miss? Cardinals. I the Cardinals got bounced by the Padres. So four teams in, but all four teams quickly are out. To begin this preview, let's start with the defending champion Cubs because I think, you know, we can talk about the Cardinals and their big move in, in a second, but the Cubs are really interesting because we thought when 2016 happened, after they broke the curse, we thought that this could possibly be a team that could rattle off two of three, three of five, because that core was there. They had Rizzo, they had Bryant, they had Baez, they had Addison Russell at the time, they had Contreras, they had the veteran presence in Hayward, they had all these guys with that pitching staff in Lester and Arietta and Hendricks. And then ever since 17, 16, it's kind of fallen off. They made it to the NLCS in 17, lost to the Dodgers in five. They lost the wild card playoff to the Rockies in 18. Didn't make it at all in 19. Got a new manager, um, got rid of uh, Joe Madden, brought in David Ross, and then won the division. And then got bounced, got swept embarrassingly by you know the Marlins, who had a good year on their terms. But you know the talent from the Cubs to the Marlins really shouldn't be any close. Theo Epstein, he resigned. Um, Ariette is gone. Yu Darvish is gone. We don't know the future of Chris Bryant. He might get traded. Uh, Javi Baez is going to be a free agent at year's end. Lester's out the door. This team, it seems like the window's closed. And if you ask any Cubs fan, they're going to say, listen, we didn't win for 108 years. We won. We're going to take it. But if you look at, if you take a step back and look at it more of on a broad sense, what this core looked like three, four years ago, coming away with just one is a real big disappointment. And it seems like they are starting to shift gears to the next era, and we might be in for a rebuild in the near future. That's yeah. a bad take. You think that's a bad take that they're going to rebuild? No, 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 oh. no, no, no. I think that's a bad take to say they only got they only came away with one. You know, there were Cubs fans, a lot of them, that went their entire lives without seeing a World Series, um, and. You know, winning a World Series is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. So, I don't know. Coming away with one is pretty good. Um, you know, obviously, 
You want to win you more? But Cash, if you take that emotion out of it and look at the players that they had, you would think that they would at least win another pennant and at least reach the World Series a second time. But they, they I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, ideally, they would have liked to win another World Series or two or three. You know, that's the goal is to win every year. But what I'm saying is that if you ask Theo Epstein or Cubs organization, anyone, you know, if you had a redo button, would you change how things were done? I, I think they say no, because that's the goal is to win a World Series. And they went a really long time without it. Um, they reached the World Series, and, and you know, you look at some other teams just in their division. I mean, the Brewers, Reds, Pirates. When was the last time we saw them in the World Series? Like, I mean, it, it's not easy to win a World Series, especially if you're not a team that's been there a lot. So, like, you know, you see these teams that kind of struggle year in and year out, and they find they kind of fall into this this hole of just pure mediocrity for years. And then, like, the Cubs broke that, and they finally won a World Series. So I think, yeah, they would have liked to win every year. I mean, every team wants to win every year. But I think what they did was pretty remarkable, and they put together a really good team. I just think they got a little too cute afterwards and uh, maybe did some things they, they shouldn't have done. But, but do you think if things went the way that they expected that uh, Theo Epstein would have resigned and kind of gave up on them? Did he resign because he gave up or did because he wanted to pursue other opportunities? I mean, that's what he presented it as that he wanted to pursue greater opportunities and now he's working in, you know, league offices, but but if the know. Cubs had a future that looked better than what it looks like in reality, does Theo Epstein leave? But it's all a direct result of himself, I feel like, because he got what he went there for. He tried to continue it. It started to fall apart. So like how many cycles does a GM really want to be a part of? Like, that's the thing, especially a guy like Theo Epstein, where now this is the second place that he's kind of proven himself as an executive. When you're going down into the rebuild, like he's going to go and probably well, now he's with the MLB. But like if he were to go take another GM job, somebody with his talents, I feel like would go to a team that's almost there, kind of like he did with the Cubs when he first came over. So, yeah, it, it's just weird. Like, I, I guess I can kind of compare this that the. 2016 Cubs team to like the Phillies were in 08 09. Like the Phillies developed this great uh core, they got to the World Series in 08 1, got back there in 09 and lost. Um, and then after that, just each year got worse. And they the Phillies held on to their core guys, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Ali, Ryan Howard, Cole Hamels. Like they held on to them too long and it set the team back really far. And they're still rebuilding now. I mean, they're they're closer now in 2021, but they haven't been to the postseason since 2011. Like, I think the Cubs are at that point right now where it's it's time to move on, get rid of like Bryant, Baez, Rizzo are all free agents at the end of this season. Like, they probably got to pull the trigger on moving on from these guys to just try and replenish their farm system, um, because it it's tough, like. It, that's a hard sell. We've said it about other teams. It's a hard sell to the fans to say we're kind of moving on, but you got to do it for the long run. And I, in my opinion, I think that's what they need to do. Yeah. Um, they, they, the Cubs, I guess, era of success started the year before they won the world series in 2015. They lost to the Mets in the NLCS that year. And then ever since then, you know, Scott says, you know, replenishing the farm system, those these last six years 
they've had to really dip into that farm system to get what they want. We all know about the Glaber trade, had to give up Glaber Torres for Chapman. And it worked out because Chapman was the, you know, final piece of that puzzle. But then they gave up, you know, Aloy Jimenez for a Quintana and that didn't work out for the club. So there was a, there's a, the, the Wade Davis trade. Yeah. Gave up Jorge Soler. Exactly. Or... There, there's a, there was, there's been a lot of trades that the Cubs have made since 2016 to try to get back to the top of the mountain. And it hasn't worked out. And that's kind of the risk you run when you're going for it every single year is that every single year you're going to have to make a big trade at the deadline to try to put yourself over the top. And if you don't win the World Series, then that prospect is going to flourish for another organization when you got this piece just to lose in the NLCS, NLDS, or in the wildcard game. So that's that's where the Cubs have really, I guess, fallen off. They weren't able to play and you know spend and buy at the deadline to win but also at the same time keep replenishing their farm system at the lower ranks and by the time you know we get to this point now they don't have the kids coming up that's going to make it a seamless transition from one generation to another and just another oh good sorry um i was waiting to interject and I, i mean before we get too far gone i was thinking this entire time that when I think of the Cubs and kind of when the turning point was, I look back to that Quintana trade because I, that was what the year after they won the world series. Yes. I think uh, at the deadline. And I just feel like it was forced and it wasn't really like an impact move. Like it was, I, I want to see if I could find the rotation. I want to see if we can find what Quintana's numbers were before that. Well, he finished the, the year seven and three, 3.74 ERA, but that was a, a Rotation that had John Lester finished with a 4.3. John Lackey finished with a 4.6. Arietta, I believe his last year there, um, 3.5, 14 and 10. Hendricks and Eddie Butler. So, like, that's already a rotation that I feel like was not about to contend or at least be a World Series contender. Might have been able to contend in the division at the time. But I don't know. I, I feel like going out and giving up the prospects that you gave up to get Jose Quintana – I feel like it was just kind of throwing shit at the wall and hoping it stuck because like, that's not a competitive rotation to add a guy into. And, Quintana's and- best year was in 2016 when he was an all-star. He had a 3.2 ERA. In 2017, before the trade in the first half with the White Sox, his ERA was ballooned up to 4.49 in yep. 18 starts. Then after the trade to the Cubs, he got down to 3.74 you know, uh, in 14 starts. I mean... 3.74 with the offense that the Cubs had at the time, That's that'll win you games. But to give up the prospect that they gave up and then for them to not win in 2017 to get bounced by the Dodgers in the NLCS in five, that's not worth it. And that's kind of the trouble that the Cubs have gotten into the last three, four years since the since the championship. I feel like it was desperation a little bit. And like that's just really the mantra of like how the last couple of years have gone for them is like they – got a taste of what it feels like to win. And then now they're just saying like, all right, Jose Quintana is a name. Let's add him to the mix. And they, and they did have the, going. They also had bad luck with the Addison Russell situation. Um, they weren't, n- nobody True. saw that coming. Uh, they, so they lost their, you know, uh, franchise shortstop, which is something yeah, that a franchise actually, doesn't want to happen. I think Addison Russell was, was a huge loss for them. Um, the, after they won the world series in 16, uh, Tom Verducci wrote the book, the Cubs way. Um, just about that whole buildup that Theo Epstein did. And there was an extensive portion of that book that talked about 
at how they targeted Addison Russell as so they were looking for four pillars of like prospects to build around. And Addison Russell was one of those four guys. I believe the other Schwarber, uh, Bryant, Russell, I forget who the, the fourth was, um, but those three guys, you can look at all three of them as people that didn't really pan out the way that they expected. Um, so that's probably one of those things that, you know, those guys didn't develop and that's kind of where things turned as well, along with that Quintana trade. Yeah, absolutely. Rizzo, by the way. Rizzo, he was the yeah. fourth. Yeah, because they got him from San Diego, correct? I wasn't sure if he was considered one of their, their the four pillars at the time. It might have been. Um, it would make sense that he was. And yeah. Riz, Rizzo's been the most consistent, stable piece of that roster since 2014, 2015. Um, but they just never – they didn't develop and take the next leap that we all thought those guys would. Yeah, you see teams that are contending now, like the Dodgers, like they'll go out, they'll get Manny Machado and they'll get all these guys at the deadline. They still have the depth in the farm system to, you know, I guess bounce back from losing a prospect because there's just another great prospect coming out. You never really got that vibe with the Cubs. It seems like when they made trades, they were dipping into a farm system that was that was very thin. And then they said, you know what? We're not going to worry about the farm system right now. Let's win another World Series. And when you don't, it looks it, it it doesn't look bad. I don't want to say it looks bad because they did win, as Cash said, they did win one. And after after going 108 years, so like generations of families never saw a Cubs World Series. So it, it's good that they won one. But you know, again, taking a step back, you probably with that talent would have expected them to at least make another World Series, if not win another World Series. Let's move on to the now with the Cubs because I think. Um, I don't think any of us are expecting them to kind of compete. I mean, the division's not great, so they could find themselves at the end of September battling with the Cardinals. I, I don't think the wild card's going to be in play because I think it's going to go to the Padres or one of the and one of the NL East teams. So I think the biggest question with the Cubs is going to be around the deadline. Do they decide to ship off a package of Bryant and Rizzo and Baez and... Um, and who, whatever other veterans out there, or do you think they want to run it back one more time with this group? Well, who are you giving them up for? It depends what they get in return. I mean, they're going to have to get value. I mean, I don't know how much value you're going to get for rentals because they're all free agents at the end of the year. Yeah, you could probably get the most for Baez just because he's still young. He plays a premier position at shortstop. Um, but like Rizzo and Bryant, like at this point, Brian's still young. Like he's still got a future. Rizzo's, you know, starting to hit the back end of his career. So I don't know. I think you just, you got to get as much as you possibly can. Um, Do you think they should hang on to one? Do you think they should extend one just as a bone to the fans to say, no, we're still here. If they are, it should be bias. I think so too. I agree. Just because he's the youngest, he plays shortstop, like middle of the infield. He's flashy. Like you can, you can sell, you can sell him even in rebuilding, you know, times. I think we can look at the. Lindor. I think you get the most for Kyle Hendricks. I think you get a lot for Kyle Hendricks. That's a good point. Yeah, true. Pitching wise, Kyle Hendricks would probably be most valuable. As like a, a if they were to move Baez, Lindor was moved in the off season, but I think we can look at his contract kind of as like a baseline as to like what Baez would get the Cubs in return. But it's even less than what the Mets had to give up to get Lindor because if you're trading Baez at the deadline, you're missing out on half of a season of this guy, and. I, I don't know. I, I, 
I feel like if you were going to act on these guys, it should have been in the off season. So that tells me that they're looking to ride it out. And I wouldn't be shocked if Rizzo stays and gets signed to like maybe a team friendly deal. And then mm-hmm. Baez gets the contract extension he is expecting. And then Bryant lets. Bryant, I think Bryant, I think Bryant is long gone. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. He, Who would he Bryant had... go to though? Because if you look around the league, not a lot of teams are going to be, you know, a lot of the World Series contenders, they have their third baseman already. Other than like the Mets, maybe, what team is going to need that third baseman to put over the top? Because the, Do- the Dodgers and Padres have their third baseman. The Yankees have a third baseman. Um, the Blue Jays have a third baseman. I'm trying to think. Uh, the Astros have Bregman. Where would, where, what's a, what's a spot where you can see yeah. Brian going? I think you hit, hit it right on the head is the Mets, depending on what the Mets do. Um, could be a spot. That would be um, such a Mets thing to do is to get a guy. There's already been rumors about the Mets and Bryant. The Nationals, maybe they're, if they're mm. still, you know, looking to contend. The Phillies um, have a third baseman. Phillies have their third baseman and Alec Bohm. So, uh, dare I say the Angels? Who's the White Sox third baseman? Mokata. No, the Angels have Rendon. It's a good point. The White Sox have Moncada. So, uh, Athletics yeah. have Chapman. There, there's not a lot of spots. I mean, he could play left field. Brian can. He's been there before, but yeah. I'm, I don't, I don't know is, where the market is for Brian. His you options know, definitely are limited. It could come down to injuries. That's a good you point. Know, if, if a contender loses their third baseman, you know, God forbid Machado goes down with season-ending injury, then Padres are going to make a play at him. That'd be interesting. He's from San Diego. He went to University of San Diego. Why did um, I think he was from Vegas? I thought him and Oh, Bryce no, yeah, he's, he's, he's right. He's from Vegas. He okay. went to University of San Diego. My bad. Gotcha. Well, yeah, because he's, he's friends with Harper. He played with Harper and Joey Gallo growing up. Um, but yeah, that would be How do you get so lucky to have that Little League team? Like, seriously. <laughs> Who'd Kershaw play with? Kershaw played with Matt Stafford, right? How yeah. does this happen? How, do, like, what, how does that happen? Cert, certain places just breed, man. It's, it's incredible. Not where we live, apparently. Well, that's not true. We can't the play baseball. Peppers. There's still snow outside. It hasn't snowed in two and a half That's weeks. a good point. It's all the warm weather states. It's all those warm weather states. That's why I'm going to Vegas to play baseball next week. Ooh, that sounds fun. Fun. Very fun. I hope you stay safe because there is still a pandemic going on. You know what? I will wear my mask, Glenn, and I'll make it there. And I'll make it All there. right. All right. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> talk about the record for the Cubs this year. Um, over, under, I'll put it at 500. Do we think this is a team that can get to 83, 84 wins in a bad division, or you think they're going to be under? Over. I don't think it's a bad division. Like I, I, you keep saying that, but I don't think it really is. Yeah, that's get, the thing. Like we said, four teams made the playoffs last year, but like none of them are overwhelming. I, it's I'll just it's honor. a very competitive division. I would even argue it's one of the most competitive divisions. Last in year, the Cubs the won a division. They were thirty-four and twenty-six. The Reds were thirty-one and twenty-nine. St. Louis was thirty and twenty-eight because they didn't play a full sixty. And Milwaukee was twenty-nine and thirty-one. So they all made the playoffs, but they were all around five hundred. Now because is they beat each n- other up. That's the yeah, whole. There- that's the making of a good division. Like they're they're beating each other, and they're also so they can all the they can the be league. they can they can be beat each other up all they want. They can still all be mediocre though. But they're going to take wins and losses away from each other, and they're going to get wins from beating. I don't think each other. there's a 95 win team in this division. No, I think no, like but that's I feel like that's a byproduct of the fact that the division is so good. But the NL East is really good, and then they're going to have – I think the Braves or Mets or Phillies can be in upwards of 90s if they played their best. I don't That's think that the ceiling of an NL Central team is 95. I think the Braves and Mets can get to the 95, maybe even the Phillies, if they really play over their heads. That's, or the Nationals, yeah. who won two years ago. But I just – I don't know. 
Yeah, it's, it's like 80, 87, 88 games, you know, wins gets this division. Um, there's just no one's overwhelming and no one went out and really did anything other than the Cardinals to say, hey, we're we're trying to win this division. This and you season. don't expect even the Cardinals with Arenado, you don't really expect the NL Central representative in the playoffs to really scare the Dodgers, Padres, Braves and the other wild card, whether it be the Mets, uh, Nationals or Phillies. Yeah, I would agree. I think they're they're a one team, you know, postseason representative. No one no one jumps off the table. Um they're just they're just all kind of eh to me. So you think they're over 500 guys? Yeah, no, I do. I'll take the under. I think yeah. they're going to be I think they're going to be slightly over because I still think there's talent there, but I just don't know if they're, you know, they're going to overtake another team in this division. Let's go to the second place team from last year, Cincinnati. Uh, they had Bauer, won the Cy Young. Some say it's a Mickey Mouse Cy Young. I don't really understand what that means, but it's a Cy Young nonetheless. He leaves. He goes to the Dodgers. They still have Sonny Gray. <laughs> they, have, they have Luis Castillo, who is in trade talks over the offseason. Um, offensively, they have um, Joey Votto still there. They have Freddie Galvis, right? Um, no, Galvis is gone. Galvis, Galvis is gone. Galvis is to the gone. Orioles. Galvis went to Baltimore. Um, what are our thoughts on? What's our thoughts on Cincinnati? Kind of like a meh, kind of like how we talked. They've about been the almost there for the longest time. Yeah, they're a team. They've gone out and like they've done stuff. They did more last year than they did this year to say, "Hey, we're here to play." But yeah, like, Moustakis. they scored zero runs in the postseason last year. Like, yeah, with their lineup, like their their lineup was supposed to be good and deep, and they scored zero runs. Um, I think the the Bauer loss is is big. It, well, they still have a good rotation even without him. Yes, but you know he he was an important part of that roster last year. Um, they brought in Sean Doolittle for the back end of the bullpen to go along with Amir Garrett and uh, Michael Lorenzen, but they also lost uh, Rysel Iglesias. I think they're right in the middle. I think they can compete there. I think they can be towards the top, second place. But you know they could also come in fourth place. Um, yeah. That's basically how all the teams are. Yeah, that's how this whole division is, and that's kind of what the point we're trying to get across is. But and they were like, in the off season, they were trying to like get rid of Mustakis and Castellanos, even though they had just signed them. So it was like, did they really want to compete? You guys got anything? Nah, not really. I mean, look, I think they're irrelevant. Honestly, I don't. I think, they, like Scott said, they did more last year. And, uh, yeah, losing Bauer is big. You know, even if it is a Mickey Mouse win um, of a Cy Young Award, it's still a name in, in, as an ace. And it's still bring it, – he just brought them to a different level, and they still couldn't win with him. So, win a playoff game with him. So, I'm going to have to take the under on this. Whatever the under is, I'm going to take the under on I'll it keep it at 500. Under 500? Under, yeah. Under. And Pakoda has them at 78. Yeah. yeah. I'd say under. That's around. That's fair. But I feel like – all right, I will add one thing. I feel like if Shogo can contribute – I mean, not really a big piece of that lineup. And if Aquino can take the next step and be consistent, that's a lot of power in that lineup. And I don't know. I, I just feel Aquino like they're didn't even play it all last year, I don't think. Was he even alive? Yeah, he was there, but like, I, I don't know. They they really don't have much of an option to keep him out. That's the thing. Yeah, because of what he did when he came up in nineteen, like he showed that he can hit at the big league level. 
Not sure why he didn't play much last year. Um, I'm gonna look it up. I don't know, but they they have a good lineup. Like like they can hit, but it's whether or not they do it consistently and and do it at the right time. Um, you know that's what that's what matters. You know? Yeah, and the the scoring zero runs in a postseason series really sticks out. That's they had they had they had opportunities to win both games. They it, did. Um, it, it sticks out, but it also like I feel like it's a very nitpicky thing. I don't want to say nitpicky. It's, it's overplayed because the Braves really did play phenomenally. You, you can't just say, hey, you know, the Reds just didn't score. Like the Braves played really well. They had a great team. And you got to give the other team some credit as well. Yeah, they were one game away from the though? World Series. It was a two, was game two games. Series. Like that's the only game like, went to extra innings too. One of yeah, them. Yeah, the fir- first yeah. game went to extra innings. It was like fourteen inning game, and they couldn't score. So that's like two and a half games. Yeah, yeah but I mean, I'm not saying it's an ideal situation. I'm just saying you got to give the other team some credit. The Braves pitched very well that series. But to be fair, the Reds also did right, really, really well. Like yeah, I also I, I also recall Cincinnati having runners in scoring position with less than two outs multiple times over the course of those two games. They did not hit well with runners in scoring position. No, no, and that's always that always seems to be the thing in the playoffs that differentiates the teams that win and the teams that lose. And as Yankee so, fans, I think we know that more than anyone. I have a quick question. Go ahead. How many runs did the Braves score? Was it like two or three? Let me see if I can look it up. The second game, I think, it was a route, wasn't it? No, it, it, they only scored late. It might have turned into a route late. But it was like, here, I got it right here. So the first game was 1-0 in yeah. 13. Um, the second game was 5-0. But it, scored, it was 1-0 really late. It, it was 1-0 going, going, in, going into the bottom of the eighth. It was 1-0. And Atlanta scored four in the bottom of the eighth. So, I mean, I know it didn't end both games 1-0. But Cincinnati so only it had, did. They only had two hits in game two. They had... 11 hits in game one didn't score a run. That's amazing. It's hard to do. But in 13 innings, I guess that makes sense. I guess my point is the difference between the Braves, who are getting a, so much praise and just they, they scored enough to win. They didn't hit very well in that series, just like the Reds didn't. But we're talking about the Braves like the, they are this team that's a contender in the East, which they absolutely are and deserve to be talked to that way. And they're a very, very good baseball team. Yeah, they won the division three in a row. But is that lineup really that much better than – the Reds lineup, yes, like, to be yeah. getting different. I mean, so right, in they, they were an two, inning away from the World Series. In it's a bad two, way to word it. In game two, the Reds lineup was Shogo Akiyama, yeah, Nicholas Castellanos, Joey Votto, Eugenio Suarez, Mike Mustakas, Jesse Winker, Nick Senzel, Freddie Galvis, Tucker Bernhardt. Bernhardt. The Braves lineup is Acuna, Freeman, Ozuna, Darno, Albies, Duvall, Swanson, Marcakis, Riley. That's advantage Atlanta. No, it is. But my point is, like, in the series, like, one team barely scored enough to win. The other didn't score at all. One team is being talked about as having, like, they they played well in that series, and the Braves are getting praise. But the Reds are saying, like, you're pointing out that they didn't score a single run, which I'm not arguing is good. And this is kind of stupid to be even wasting time on this. (laughs) But, like, I don't know. I just they, feel like they didn't, two games. The series could have gone either way. They, they didn't produce what it mattered is what it came down to. Yes. And then they didn't do anything to get better. They got worse. So they're just I, I'm taking the under on they them. They fall victim to one of those organizations that, you know, 
they have their chance. They're a postseason team and they don't spend on it. They don't add payroll. They subtract payroll. And that's what happens with these small market teams, unfortunately. Um, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Let's move on to the favorite in this division, in my opinion. That's the St. Louis Cardinals. So they made the one big splash that this division made in the offseason. They were kind of looking around and they were kind of talking about what we're talking about right now, about how this division's up for grabs. And they said, we'll take it. Um, so they get Nolan Arenado from Colorado. Let's pair call it him. what it is, an armed robbery. Yeah. So they pair him across the diamond with Paul Goldschmidt. So that's a pretty uh, lethal corner infield with Goldschmidt and Arenado. Uh, they have Flaherty to have that at the top of the rotation with the um, with the old man, Wainwright. They bring back Yachty for one more go. Um, this team is, in my opinion, the favorite in this division. Um, in the playoffs, they lost to San Diego. They won the first game, then lost the next two. The Cardinals, it's always about offense. Will they hit enough? And you would have to think with the acquisition of Arenado, they have that you know protection for Goldschmidt, and that's a pretty dangerous 3-4. And this is a team that could potentially score some runs now, now that you put the best third baseman in baseball, arguably, in that lineup. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Glenn. I think they are the favorite Um for some reason, a lot of projections don't have them that way. Pagoda, Pagoda up, uh, updated their projections, has them at 79.7 wins this year, which I think is absolutely absurd. Well, they have Atlanta at 82 and 80. We'll get to that in a couple of weeks. Um, but, you know, some of the Pagoda projections are a little weird. Like having the Cardinals as a, a sub 500 team um, is is pretty baffling to me because um, they are going to, they're going to, they're going to play really good defense. They always do. They have multiple gold glove winners plus they always, guys. They always have good pitching too, not to cut you off. Yeah. And, and guys that have the potential to win gold gloves. Um, and I think they're going to hit like their, their outfield is young in Tyler O'Neill, uh, Harrison Bader, Dylan Carlson. Um, if those guys step up and play well, like there's no reason why, they shouldn't run away with the division. I like, I don't, I don't understand why anyone would say that they're not the favorite. I agree hundred percent. I don't, none of the other teams scare me. We talked about the Cubs and the Reds, the Brewers and Pirates we'll get into. They're not, they're not going to scare you per se. I just think the Cardinals, I think the Arenado trade with the uh, pitching they already have. And as you said, the defense, they always play. They're always fundamentally a good team. The problem's always been, you know, can they hit enough? And I but think are you the one that enough. irrationally hates the Cardinals? I don't hate the Cardinals. You don't like their Ooh. owner. Oh. Oh, but yeah. I, didn't their owner say something last year about losing money when he just bought like a villa yeah. in California? That pissed me off. But I don't hate I don't have anything against the Cardinals. Yeah, now, he, I, he shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> True. Especially, you know, in when the people times. were unemployed and they were. But yeah, I, I, I just think they're going to be a really good team. Just organizationally, they're just they're strong, you know. They just have a strong core and like an identity. Um, they know who they are. Um, and if they can get offense from, you know, Arenado has a bounce back year. Uh, Goldschmidt continues to be Goldschmidt. Like and even like Yadi Molina, he's what forty years old. He's still producing at a high level. Adam Wainwright had a nice bounce back year last year. Shortened season, obviously, but if he's going to be reliant and going to give you, I don't know, 25 starts, um, you're going to take that. And then you have Jack Flaherty, who a lot of people thought 
was going to be a Cy Young award candidate last year, um, who still could be that. Like, they're they're a good team. Do they're, we trust that bullpen? Who's? Eh, I'm looking at it. Andrew Miller is really the only name, and Giovanni Gallegos are like the two back. Andrew Miller guys. might be a little washed up though. He, he might be, but he's still a name. Um, other than that, it's a lot of unknowns. But are they oh. without a? Oh, what's his name? Hicks. Jordan Hicks. Oh, he should be back. He was coming off of Tommy yeah. John, but he should be back. Kid throws hard. That's a huge um, piece. Like one hundred five. Yeah, if he's healthy, uh, he he's an absolutely uh, a huge weapon out of the bullpen. Um, but you know, bullpens kind of come together when there's not a lot of like big names. It's not very often, you know, because there's no egos in the room. Yeah, like it's not very often. Like the Yankees are a team that have a lot of big names in their bullpen um, and have, but and they're good. I'm not knocking the Yankees, but it's not very often that a bullpen is full of like big name guys um, that everyone knows. But you know, who knows? Genesis Cabrera here could you know have a great year for all we know. Like he could be an absolute stud. I wonder if his name is actually Genesis or we just butchered that. It's Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty cool there's an accent on the e and I'm not that's sure a pretty cool it. first name do we think this team's over 90 at the end of the year no no not over 90 no. but i'd take the over on whatever their projections are so it's 89 and a half yeah. Scott. if it's 80, oh, <laughs> if it's 89 and a half then no i'm taking the under i'm taking 89 but you think we'll think they'll win the division with like 88 88 wins yeah around there i think, I think that's absolutely fair all right, I think that's fair too. That's what I, I would agree. kind of. That's what I kind of have. I think they might squeak over ninety. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, we can't tell the wins. future. Ninety, ninety and seventy-two. Maybe not. Um, let's move on to the Brewers because the more that I think about it, the more I think the Brewers could be the kind of wild card team that challenges St. Louis. Um, Yelich. They, they first of all, they went twenty-nine, thirty-one last year. They squeaked into the playoffs. They were the last seed, lost to the Dodgers. They bring in Colton Wong from the the Cardinals. They bring in Jackie Bradley Jr. from the Red Sox. You'd have to assume over the course of 162 that Christian Yelich is going to go back to what Christian Yelich normally does. Do you guys think that this is a team that could scare the Cardinals a little bit? Because it wasn't that long ago they were in Game 7 of the NLCS. Yeah, I hate the Brewers. I, know I really do. It's all because of that one game. Yeah, it is. You can't, you <laughs> can't keep like getting ups- you can't get upset over stupid things, Cash. <laughs> you know that would be funnier to our listeners if they heard the conversation we had prior to the podcast. But I, I to, to give our listeners a heads up, I told Glenn the same thing that he can't get dumb, uh, angry over dumb stuff. But no, I, I whatever. That's irrelevant. It's years ago. I I also don't think they've done anything. To help my to help their case against me, like I, I just think they're an irrelevant. You don't think team. Uh, Bradley Jr. and Colton Wong improve the team? Do they improve the team? Sure, it, defensively, it, yeah. Is it is it that big of a deal though? Because if it really was a big of a deal, don't you think that JBJ would have been signed a lot earlier? That's fair. And one of the Cardinals kept Wong if they thought it was so important. I don't know. Right. We were, I feel like on multiple times on this podcast, we were shipping Colton Wong out of St. Louis for his lack of offense. And yeah. now we're like, Oh, is he a good piece <laughs> for the Brewers? <laughs> Defensively? He's phenomenal. Like he's one of the best defensive second base, second baseman in league. And overall, just one of the better defenders, same with JBJ, but they, they both leave you wanting a whole lot more at the plate. So 
I just I don't think they make that big of a difference, especially I mean they're they're moving Keston Hira, who's a good bat, to first base because his defense lacks. Um, Isn't he kind of short? He's six foot. He's listed at six foot. He's probably a little shorter. So I mean, I can play at first base in the MLB. I, I guess I don't so. Know if that's how it works. I'm almost five eleven. I mean, if you look at these batting averages from 2020, um, Navarez hit 176, Smoke hit 186, Herrera. How do you pronounce his last name, Scott? I'm sorry. Who? The second baseman moving to first. Keston Hira. Hira. He hit 212. Arcia hit 260. He's better than that. Sogard hit 209, 205 for Yelich. Garcia hit 238. Nobody's Is Gervis Solarte still a starter for this team? No. no. <laughs> Cash. <laughs> he was, he played last year. No, somewhere. Where? Was he in Where? the Giants? Was it the Giants? Hold on, I can look it up. There's no way. I don't know. I, only Tyler, one guy was I'll, over 250 in that. Tyler, I will bet my life savings he played last year. No, because I, I don't know enough about yeah, Solarte. Uh, no, he, he did not play in 2020. He played 2019. was on the Giants. 2019. He never even played for the Brewers. He was he, <laughs> played for the Padres. Got the yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Similar color. Tyler, you should have taken that bet. You would have won like $35. No. <laughs> My life savings. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think RC and Yelich have to be better, I guess. That's yeah. I, I, I think if Yelich is back to where he was MVP wise, you know, certainly they could carry them. But they, they might have the two of the best relievers in the game. And Josh Hader and Devin Williams. Cash that. D- Josh Hader sucks. <laughs> Just because he screwed you in a fan in a video simulated. game simulation. I was up for nothing and lost because he's, Josh Hader gave up a grand slam. He's still good. And if the Yankees traded for him tomorrow, you'd be all over it. You'd be. They so might bad. because Britain's going to be out for a little um, bit. But they they have good guys in the bullpen. Uh, starting pitching wise, they have Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns. Um, I think they're the next closest to the Cardinals, but I still think they have, you know, room for improvement. If if that's what you're looking for. Glad what does Pakoda say about the Brewers? Pakoda has um winning the division at 90 games. Under. Which, which I think is absurd. Yeah, I'm taking the under on that. I th- Are yeah, you sure they didn't under. mix up the Cardinals and the Brewers? <laughs> I, or I the ho- Braves and the Brewers? Or? I sure hope so, because... Whatever their math is, is it's interesting. It, it's very. How interesting. do they calculate it? Do they like give a they close explanation? Their, they close their eyes and they, throw darts at they the run. Board. They run like thousands and thousands of simulations of the season. I would um, love to see the algorithm they use to figure it out. Would be would be would be nice. I don't know. Something I, tells I me Picard is not releasing that information, Glenn. No, because then any, every, anybody can do it. Can we talk about how Eric Sogard still has a job in the MLB? Hey, valuable. He is a valuable guy. Defensive player. And, you're, and young Gervis Solarte doesn't? That's some yes. Hey, I he, love that What was Solarte's signature Yankee moment, Cash? He, didn't he hit a walk-off home run? Did he? I don't think so. He played for the Yankees just as long as he played for the Brewers. <laughs> no, he played for the Yankees. <laughs> he got I traded know. for Headley. Chase Headley. You know when young Gervis Solarte played for the Yankees? When McDonald's was giving out those cards and Happy Meals. And Miguel Cairo, I'm pretty sure it was around the same time. Was it not? Miguel Cairo is like 50 years old. He didn't. He didn't I, I will years. bet you there is a roster. 2014. He only spent half the season with the Yankees, too. He Miguel had a great Cairo? half of the year. When do you think Miguel Cairo's last year was? 
I'm talking about Solarte. I don't know. Miguel We're not Kyra talking about the same long person. gone. <laughs> Miguel Cairo's last year was 2012. Well, that's two years before. When did Solarte, Solarte play for the Yankees? 2014. 2014. Played 75 games. Were McDonald's giving Henry. out cards in 2012, 2013, and 2014? Cairo's last possible. year with the Yankees, though, was 2007. <laughs> Dude, I, don't I don't know, know what you're I, trying to say. I, I don't yeah. really butchered that McDonald's. <laughs> I didn't butcher it. I still remember it happening. McDonald's, McDonald's baseball, baseball, cards? baseball cards? Baseball cards. McDonald's in a Happy Meal. They would give you. I know for I a know. fact Miguel Cairo had one. It's just whether Yanhera Solarte is uh, actually a McDonald's Happy Meal featured player. Probably not. But if yeah, I mean, the more we're talking about this, it, the more I'm not. wrong. <laughs> Oh, who else was on that team? I got. He had really, up. he had really good half a season. That's a really specific memory to, that you have about McDonald's Happy Meals. The McDonald's Yankee Happy Meal cards. I would collect them. Like I would try to get all of them. I'm on eBay. I don't see any. I see McDonald's, but like from the '90s. Who Yankees knows? McDonald's Happy Meal toys. Thank you. you Thank you. Stretching, man. I'm not stretching. I I think you're, getting I have your, a, you're getting your stories mixed I up. I got to find them. They're somewhere. They are literally somewhere. Can we just quickly talk about how bad the Pirates are going to be? Sure. It can be rough. Hey. It's going to be rough. You have the hat guys. on. I Don't think make the most fun ex- of my guys. <laughs> the ex- most exciting part of the Pirates are going to be what? Cole Tucker and Vanessa Hudgens hanging around? Possibly. Other than that. If I'm, she's I'm, there I'm, at the game, so it'd be pretty cool. Just so you guys know, we spoke about a specific individual beforehand that is a fan of two teams in the same league. Scott's Phillies fan of the Pirates hat. I don't know if that's allowed. I, hey, I, I'm a big Andrew McCutcheon fan. I always was. Um, always will be. Well, I'm also. I'm just, I'm just. A, I'm a hat collector. So you know, when we decided, do you have we're a hat doing, from? Do you have a hat from every team? Not, not yet. Still working on that. I've, what I don't you know, have? I'm like halfway there. I have a hat from every team except the AL East and the Mets. Um. So that's fair. My my collection like my collection has gone on a pause. I haven't been uh, spending money on that. Um, yeah, the Pirates stink. They they flat out stink. Unless <laughs> unless Prime Andrew McCutcheon, Josh Harrison, uh, Garrett Cole, Pedro you Alvarez, just speak the forbidden words. You might have are are coming coming back. Uh, I don't think they're going to get any better. They have the number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, so I'm sure they're watching a lot of Vanderbilt baseball to watch Kumar Rocker. And uh, Jack Leiter to figure out which Vanderbilt pitcher they're going to take, but they stink. They were the worst team in baseball last year, and uh, they'll probably be again. Probably will be again. The only bright spot is Cabrian Hayes, who yeah. led the team in WAR, and, and Todd Frazier. If you make great clubhouse guy, guy. <laughs> big clubhouse guy. Cabrian Hayes led the team in WAR, and he played like twelve games, and people wanted them to win Rookie of the Year. And Cole um, Tucker's no, dating Vanessa Hudgens. That's why I, just, I said that before. Sorry. Yeah, got like a. 12 year difference in age, but good for Cole Tucker. Um, how do they meet? Probably slip into some DMs. Um, I guess I can't stink. even imagine that. So, how, how else that would work? She she must not know what team he plays for. Um, he probably said the Yankees in the DM, yeah. So, he said Wildcats. He said, I play for the Wildcats. <laughs> good, good for him. Um, but the Pirates suck, and that's all you can say. Beautiful ballpark. Beautiful. I'd love to go. It's Bad really team. nice. It is very nice. I play it on the show a lot. It's, it's cheap. very nice on the show. Get get tickets for pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, I don't have, any, I really have nothing else to say. to say about the Pirates. I'm sorry. I, I don't either. 
I mean, yeah. I don't blame you. I'm it, still watching Solarte highlights. <laughs> I, the the pirate two minute video. How are you? <laughs> the pirate. The pirate fans aren't even saying anything. So I do remember. So well, this is nothing about the pirates. I, mean, I said let's talk about the pirates. We have nothing to talk about. I do remember Solarte like hit cleanup for the Giants for a little bit. He Real wasn't bodies. like he wasn't such he a wasn't scrub. Bad. I, don't I don't know. I remember he got a hot start with the Yankees, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, we found him." Yeah, and then they traded him. And then he like kind of fell off a cliff, and then they traded him for Chase Headley. Chase Headley was was a very it was an interesting time when I Chase saw him Headley, hit a walk off. Yeah. Yep. He was either really good or just couldn't do anything. Talk huh? about one of my least favorite Yankees of all time, Mike. Chase goodness. Headley. Oh my goodness! I can get behind that for sure. He for almost sure. won an MVP. Not with the Yankees. With the Padres. Chase Headley's okay. career highlight was, you know, falling face first in between first and second in that ALCS game. It happens happens to the best of us. Yeah, and that big comeback against the Astros. I did it in my fall season. I tried to steal second base, and we were playing on oh. turf, and I just face-planted. I didn't even make it to second base. I just laid there, and he tagged me, and that was it. Oh, my God. Pretty embarrassing. That is pretty embarrassing. It's all right, though. That's fine. Um, so the Pirates, what's their Picota? 42 13 <laughs> uh 61.7 i gotta go under I'm gotta sorry. go under so they have them they have them as point uh two Three. better than the uh the colorado rockies i'll go under i still think the rockies under. are a better team a much better team than the pirates i, I think it's pretty hard to lose more uh, than 100, 100 games. games it's that's tough it's tough i'll take the over you can take the over I'm gonna okay. take I'm gonna take the over also. Very slim under for me. Just because I don't like a I'll go under too. I like when teams lose hundred games. I just think they should be embarrassed. Yeah, you, you like it because your team's never done it and you've never had to go through it. No. So <laughs> worst the Yankees have ever done in my lifetime is eighty four wins. That's yeah, we truly haven't seen an <laughs> under five hundred. You're such ever. a spoiled child that you've never seen a losing team. I've seen bad football teams. Shut Trust up. me. <laughs> Scott, you have a more recent world. Uh, I've seen bad Bowl. basketball so. teams, so it's kind of the same. Yeah, thing. but we're talking baseball here. Okay. I need to tell you something, by the way, about the Eagles after this episode. Okay. Don't let I can't me wait for that. We should keep be, recording and just talk about it. It's really not that exciting. Here. I just don't want to interesting. Uh, let's do some <laughs> spring training news before we wrap this up. Uh, Britain is going to be out anywhere from like a month to three. Um, so he has bone spurs in his elbow. So it's not the worst that could happen with an elbow injury. When I woke up this morning and saw it on Twitter, I was like, well, he's out for the year, but it turns out he'll miss. You're just an incredibly negative person. Well, when you hear elbow, what, what am I supposed to think? Glenn, it is March 9th. Um, it, it's crazy that it took us this long to get some sort of injury news. It is impressive that they made it this long. It took three weeks. Wow, yeah, and Gervis Salarte just hit a rocket. He didn't just he hit, hit, it. hit it. These <laughs> highlights are just on loop. But um, you know, it's it, you know, at the end of the day, glass half full. I'll try to be that guy today. Um, he'll be back <laughs> by June when the pennant race is gonna start. Um, it sucks that he's gonna be out. It sucks that the Yankees are gonna start off their season not at a hundred percent, and he is a very important part of that bullpen but as scott alluded to you when we talked about bullpens the yankees have a lot of closers in that bullpen so they have chapman green will just move up they brought in o'day they have wilson they brought in wilson to be another lefty um they have guys that throw hard and loisga and sessa and whoever won't get the fifth spot and like herman or garcia or schmidt when he comes back they can survive this for a couple months but it is also to quote joe Girardi, it's not what you want i miss that guy they're 
All right, you mentioned that the pennant race will be starting in June. Okay. Now I'm going to put on my Yankee cap and okay. give you a fan's perspective. Are you gonna Are you gonna seriously put it on? Because I know we you haven't have talked one. about the. No, I don't have one actually. To be completely honest with you, you don't have. I a don't Yankee have a Yankee hat? hat. That fits me. Why? Yeah. How does that? I don't know. You should probably invest in one. Literally everybody in the world has a Yankee hat. I have a Yankee most, hat. I don't have one. It's yeah. one of the most recognizable fashion, you know, accessories well, that anyone has. You should definitely invest in one, Ty. That's bad. I'm gonna get you one. Your birthday just passed. I'm gonna buy you one. Thank you. What's your, what's, your, you gonna, what's your size? Are you gonna buy me one too? No, absolutely not. What's I don't your know size? my hat size to be you honest. You don't know your hat size. Okay. Probably like seven and a quarter. I'm seven and a half, and I think I have a bigger head than you. I don't know. We'll figure um, out. where? How did I start this? Sorry. You're putting um, on your Yankee hat. Something about a pennant yes. race. <laughs> Wait, Glenn, what'd you say? Something about a pennant race starting in June? Yes. You So you said the pennant race will be starting in June, and that's when Zach Britton will return. Now, I'm putting my Yankee cap back on. It never came off. I put it on, it stayed on. But if this season, looking around at the AL East, now we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't done the episode yet. But looking around at the way the Rays look this year, the Red Sox look this year, and the Orioles look this year, now, the Blue Jays scare me a tiny bit, but I don't think they're a huge threat yet. If like at any right, point right? the Yankees are in a pennant race, there's a big problem. In you the- think they're just going to go wire to wire, win the division by 15 games? It absolutely should be. Look at all the other teams in the roster. The Blue Jays have the most talent aside from the Yankees, and they're young and unproven. Now, I think they can be a threat, and I think they will be a threat, kind of like the Rays have been. But if the Yankees don't wire to wire, hold this division down, there's a big issue. But a pennant race is still a pennant race, no matter how far it's ahead. It's just you a matter of if you call, have to call it a race or not, or if it's just a runaway victory, I guess. Well, that a runaway victory is still a race. It's still a race. They should comfortably sit between a six to eight game lead. I, feel I agree. Like. I think Once they uh, get I, far I enough away to have that. I think that's they where, won't. Because they never you know, do. It's a tr- yeah, you're right. But 2019 I like was pretty. Not... Wi- 2019 was wire to wire. From what yeah. I remember, they should. Ty is absolutely right, though. Um, there's no reason to, you know, why the Yankees should have any real threat. Um, but you know, Cash is probably right as well that they'll leave the door open. Um, and they always do. Make you guys sweat a little bit because I'm I'm sure that'll happen. Well, there, any baseball season, even if you're the Dodgers, you're the Pirates. There's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. It's just how big are the ups going to be and how big save are the downs this, gonna be. save this. No, don't save it. Save it. I'm allowed to react in the moment, though. No, you're not. Not yes, as dramatic as you do. I think I'm it, well within my right. Opening day, Aaron Jones is going to strike out, and you're going to throw a hissy fit saying he needs to be treated. And you're going to do the same thing with Gary Sanchez when he's hitting. No, I'm a two, huge Gary Sanchez two, fan. 220. That, that was not me. First. That was not me. I'm a, a huge Gary today. Sanchez fan. Gary Reven- Revenge Tour continues. Fun fact about Gary Sanchez. Go ahead. I uh, I bought some of his baseball cards. Nice. So that when he has a huge year and the Yankees make the playoffs, knock on wood, I'm going to sell them for six times my profit. I think they'll make the playoffs. You know what? I think that's a great investment. I'm not going to lie. Give me some knuckles. Give me some knuckles. <laughs> Take it. Already. Fun fact. Regardless. Regardless, the Yankees will. It sucks that Britain's out. I think this is my point. It sucks that Britain's out for a couple months, but it's better now than later. Totally. Yes. 100%. That's my point. Um, what's it like in Philly's world? Uh, you know, they're not winning a lot, 
but they've looked good. They smacked the shit out of the Yankees the other and day. And the Yankees returned the favor. 15 nothing. Uh, it's the was, three Musketeers, but which we'll was continue. nice. Hey, the Yankees Debbie had go- their C team out there, but it's Debbie fine. Go- they did not have their C team out there. Uh, you guys clearly did not watch that game. Uh, well, I couldn't. Right. It wasn't on Yes. <laughs> it was on, uh, I think it was on MLB Network. That. Yeah, no, but it, wasn't, was it was not- on tape delay, though, until later. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're they're interesting. I, I think they're going to be better. I think they're going to be a lot better than what people are saying. Their bullpen looks good. Um, the most interesting thing right now is the center field competition um, with Adubo Herrera kind of leading the way um, and it being a, a hot topic of conversation in Philadelphia. A lot of people don't want him to be on the team. Um, I'm kind of in the, the field of, well, he's he did everything that the organization asked him to after his suspension for domestic violence um went to couples counseling and has you know done everything that they've asked him to they they say he's very remorseful obviously he made a mistake and what he did was wrong um but they they own 10 and a half million dollars this year whether or not he's on the roster or not so they're giving him every opportunity to prove one way or the other and right now it looks like he's going to make the team because he's hitting over 400 um, and he's playing just about every day um, so that's kind of that's kind of what's going on in Philadelphia right now not a um, not a Nova fan you know he stinks that guy's a bum Ivan Nova I hope he doesn't make the team um, you I want to know where Ivan Nova pitched well <laughs> with the Yankees he, was, he had a really good um, he was good on the year. Um, yeah, because they, they have Matt Moore and they have Chase Anderson and they have Vince Velasquez to kind of make up their four or five. Um, I don't feel the need for Ivan Nova to be here anymore. They could send him packing now and I'd be okay with that. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited for the Phillies. I think they're going to be, uh, you know, hopefully good. Uh, Didi forgot his jersey in Clearwater, <laughs> had to wear number 95. I yeah. thought that was funny. Yeah, I'm not um, quite sure how that happens, how they forget. Is that you know. his job, though, or is there people that do that for yeah, them? They, I always they, assume that they had equipment managers that will do yeah, that for them. But it, the tweet that I sent you guys made it seem like it was his fault that he didn't maybe have his jersey. Maybe. 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 That's um, a good point. They might not have it. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, funny. if you did that in high school, you'd be riding the bench for yep, a couple absolutely. days. If you forgot your jersey or you're calling your mom frantically to drive it to you. Been there, done that. <laughs> oh my god, I remember those days. Those were not good times. What's it, I feel like even more embarrassing is if you bring the wrong jersey. Like if you have like if you bring your away jersey instead of your road jersey, and then everyone's wearing white, you're wearing blue. I think that's also very embarrassing. White pants. I feel, pants like, I feel pants. like Glenn might have done. I've this. had a couple of experiences. Okay, <laughs> but you know. Didi's a professional athlete. He should know better. Should Cash, how are the uh, how are the minors? I'm just going down the order. How are the minors doing? It. I know you got eight days away from first pitch. We're very mm-hmm. excited, hoping to see all you guys there this summer. We having fans? Yes, we are having fans. That's nice. Do we need te- do we need a uh, COVID tests? No. Nice, nice. So we are 78 days away from first. Can't pitch. wait for the day I can go to a game and not show a test card or whatever. However, yeah. that's gonna work. Um, we are we are very very excited. The Orioles are opening up. I'm sorry to cut you off. You can finish your no. I, point I about the minors. Very excited. Okay. <laughs> um, the Orioles are opening up 40 percent or 50 percent. Wow, it's very, a lot. I mean, they probably lot. have to because they're not gonna have a lot of fans to begin with. 
they're probably not going to fill out those 50 percent but you know, i don't know this is there's you think be, people are just gonna be hungry for to go there are gonna be go? teams who don't usually have attendance that will have attendance this year like people are just really really itching to get out of their house i can't wait to go to a game sounds are you like come to a minors game going i'll go to a minors game if i have a day off Speaking of that, guys, we, we have a big announcement. No, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to do that. <laughs> no, you can do it. It's fine. <laughs> you are such a bullshitter. You absolutely you've been waiting for an hour for somebody to do Dude, this. You shit. you tweeted it and then texted you, into our group chat saying you couldn't look tell at my us Twitter. First. You <laughs> I told you guys I told you guys simultaneously. No, that's <laughs> horse shit. Anyway, Glenn got a job or whatever. Fuck you, Glenn. <laughs> that was bullshit. We have an insider now. Big and MLB. Glenn got a, Glenn got a job with MLB, so congratulations, Glenn. Thank you. You're embarrassing me. You're a fucking bullshitter. You love every second of this. <laughs> That's good. It's a good point. I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'll be working in Sea Caucus, doing some graphic stuff with the pitch cast and all that. So that'll be fun. But hopefully, it doesn't interfere with our podcast because that would blow, and we'd have to get creative with how to That's do true. that because we're all working now. Well, I was the one guy that wasn't working. Come, come now, this, I am. Come the season, uh, we're probably gonna have to change our schedule up a little bit. We're gonna have to do some two a.m. podcasts. Absolutely not, but <laughs> like I, I don't know. We have well, Tyler's like, got work during the day. Me and you will probably work nights. I I, I mean, like what day of the week? But uh, I guess it's different for you. You're gonna be working. Scott works days, days with week. me too. Not with me. But I feel like both. I feel like Scott works Did abnormal I, hours. I got the worst schedule in the world. It sucks, but you know. But you work remotely. That's cool. Yeah, I, I work from home, so I, don't, I can't really complain that much. I get to roll out of bed five minutes before I have to start working. So, um, and he never lost any work, so he's just racking. Yeah, in the- you know, still got paid, so I can't be uh, can't be go. too angry. That's awesome. So. Um, before we wrap it up, do we have any last thoughts? I had something I was going to say during final thoughts about ten minutes ago, and I just lost it. So. <laughs> It's okay. You gotta no. write things down. No, uh, you know, Glenn, I'm looking forward to your your preview article whenever you write it. Oh, um, it's it's right. I'm writing it. I'm halfway through. So, whenever that's BS. There, you know, no, I swear. Looking no, forward I, to that. You know. Um, yes, I need to do that. I've been very busy, so I will write that. Hopefully, very it'll be busy done. tweeting. He's been very it'll busy. Be, tweeting. It, hopefully, it'll be done by the end of the week, and I'm gonna use this podcast that we just talked about it, and we will, and I will use it in my article. What's up, Ty? You found I'm it? I'm raising found my hand. Um, currently, my final thought for today is going to be the fact that on Thursday, April 1st, the home opener at Yankee Stadium, 1.05 p.m. against the Blue Jays, the cheapest ticket you can find is $444. That's got to be an April Fool's I think it joke. goes down to like 15 bucks the next day or the next game. I mean, uh, this is just StubHub. Oh, you're saying the next day? day? Yeah. The uh, 122 passed. on Saturday. 73 and then it's just a decline back into like you, where are you getting your tickets from are you guys Sub-hub. going to opening day Sub-hub? i'm probably working over not for 444 dollars. i'm not <laughs> no you got to save those pennies for our playoff game our playoff game the yankees playoff game yeah we go every year yeah, I would love it. yeah that sounds great i can still go to a few games along the way I haven't. I want to buy going. a nine-game package or a twelve-game package so bad. I just don't pull the trigger on it. Well, because, like, I, on t- I I toyed with that in 2019, um, but uh, you know, I was talking to my Yankees Twitter rep, and he told me, fun fact: if you sell more than five games on StubHub, you get banned from Yankee Stadium. Well, you can use different you. ticket apps. 
StubHub, Ticketmaster, whatever. If you sell more than five times, more five games online. Yeah, because what people were doing, they buy that, they'd sell the Red Sox games and they break even. Right. It's a good point. But like, I seriously, I couldn't make that commitment because so on Ticketmaster, they have a thing season. called Pinstripe Pass. I don't know if it's on StubHub, but it's just $15. You don't get a seat, but you just get entrance into the stadium. So it's 15 bucks, and you get your first drink included. What? It's right. just there. Uh, all right, I guess we could tell the people because it's not going to like sell at Yankee Stadium. But I was actually looking at that, and it's a really good option because the stadium's going to be like ten thousand fans. Yeah, you buy but the pinstripe gonna, pass. They're going to have seats roped off. Of course they are. However, you can talk to a security guard. I feel like it will be I think easier they'll, they'll than ever. Be, they'll be more strict. I think. I don't think it'll be. I easier. feel like it's the total opposite. I feel like it's you know be what? Easier than ever. We're going to give it a shot. I think we do give it a shot. I let's do it. With you there. Well, and not, at the opening worst, day, we get a free. No, beer not opening Congo. day. I'm not spending. No, no, I got to do a weekend. The F- Yankees go down to Philly in May, I believe. What's up, guys? Tyler and I made a pact that we were never going back to that stadium. So Why? we hit like three and a half hours worth of traffic on the way home from a Philly we, game. Well, you, you didn't plan correctly. You, you literally, I'm going to say this right now. For as long as I've known you, we, you've driven like almost everywhere. Right. How did I manage to be the driver for that three and a half hour trip? I didn't have a car. How? How? how I, it was I, in the shop. My car very was in the listeners it was are me very behind the wheel business. out of all people. And you're the one that always drives. Always. Literally almost every time. Always. I always drive. You guys had bad luck in Philly, man. You guys got lost at one time going to the club <laughs> game. <laughs> like Tyler was also driving. Tyler was also <laughs> driving. Dude, why do you think I hate Philly so much? Philly's a fine city. Tyler's it's, driven It's a little dirty, times. but it's fine. Tyler what and I city been, is it? Tyler and I have been roommates since junior year of college, and we've been very good friends until since freshman year of college. And I've driven every single time except for two times. And it was when he got lost in Philly and when we got uh, traffic. Yeah. Sounds like, like that city. I just don't like it. The cheesesteaks are good. I like it for the cheesesteaks. All right, I, I don't hate Philly. I just hate me driving in Philly and around Philly, Philly and away from Philly. I saw Pete Davidson in Philly a couple months ago. He was it was fine. Philly's a nice place. What were you doing in Philly? I was. I said I was seeing Pete Davidson. I thought you were saying like I, I, I thought you were Philly, like on the street. I ran into <laughs> Pete Davidson. And yeah, Philly's no, a nice he city. He was doing a show <laughs> in Philadelphia. My God, during a pandemic. Yeah, I just ran into Pete Davidson in Philly in the middle of a pandemic. It's in, it's extremely possible. Wait, so why was he doing after a show you know, in the middle of that, right? Well, he was doing an outdoor money. show. It was it was everyone was socially distanced. Was it at Citizens Bank Park because they were no, like doing was, stuff outside there? No, it was at some like summer. it was like in the parking lot of some comedy club. It was right. very weird, um, but it was fine. I like Pete Davidson. I think he's great. We have cool absolutely lost our followers here. No, it's fine. That's, <laughs> that's the way the end of show should be. Um, if people make it this far. If people make, it I hope they do. Thank you. If I you're think here. they do. I think we do a great job. I think we're I think so too. Um, if that, if nobody else has anything else to say, I guess I'll wrap it up. Anything else? Any other spring mm-hmm. training news? No, no, no. We will no. talk about Oda Rizzi when we do the AL West. Sounds good. Sounds good. Beauty. All right, that will just about do it for this edition of Base Hit Ball Four. Next week we will do the. We're not going to skip the NL East, and we're going to go into the AL West. Um, so that'll be fun. For Scott Roswell, Tyler Blumistick, and Alex Cashman, my name is Glenn DeNegris. We'll see you next week, and keep enjoying spring training.